Everyone, welcome to Coffee Time. I'm back with the one and only Hillary Ravick. Hello. Uh, <laughs> and we're going to continue talking about leadership. And we, we started a little while ago about five things I'm working on in my leadership right now. So these are not like five things every leader needs to know or like the summation of leadership in five points. These are just five things I'm trying to work on on my leadership. So the first one was is keep an irrigated imagination mm-hmm. of I, I want to constantly see where I'm going, getting excited about it and have a plan to get there. And the way you get that is through an irrigated imagination, be around things that inspire that. Secondly, I'm I'm going back into a vein where I'm practicing personal growth. I I don't want to look at other people's plateau or peak. I want to model their rise. What what did you do to get to that level Uh, and not model you where you're at, uh, but model what you did to get there. Um, And then thirdly, what I'm I'm looking at uh, is building consensus um, through communication and trust. And, you know, I know there's so many books now in leadership about culture and like Mm -hmm. culture matters even more than plans and all those types of things. I look at it from that spiritual lens of the power of unity. Uh, that God's the blessed three in one. Jesus's prayer was that they may be one as we are one. Tower of Babel, the people are one. Nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Book of Acts, an agreement in one place, of one heart, of one mind, praying, buildings are shaken. That there is power in unity. Uh, that when we all have one heart for each other, we all have one heart, meaning like there's not all this division in the culture. There's, there's not all this competing and silos and politicking and turf wars within the culture. We have one heart and it doesn't mean that we're perfect and it doesn't mean like everybody's buddy, buddy, uh, but we all genuinely, um, are, are in, in the same vein with each other of one heart, there's no division or strife, one mind. We all know what we want. We all know what we're striving for. And then one voice, we're praying about it. We're talking about it. We're excited about it. We're not speaking against the vision. We're not speaking another vision because that's what division is. Division is just simply two visions. A division is not like, I hate the vision. (laughs) Division is another vision. And so the only way you get unity is by building consensus through communication and trust is people know you care about them. Um, and then people know where we're going and what the vision is through communication. Mm-hmm. And I look at that and honestly, I, I see I need to do more of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm looking at that within the context of our organization. Of I really have taken um, not a back seat. But in one way of like leading through my leaders, and we'll talk about that next, uh, but like really leading a lot through my leaders. But I've seen that in doing that, I have not communicated vision enough mm-hmm. and I have not worked on building consensus enough between staffs of campuses, getting them all on the same page as campuses of where we're going as a church, what that looks like, what we're excited about. Are, we're all praying in the same direction, like that kind of thing. And, and 
I, I feel like I need to recapture that. And so that's that's one of the things I'm looking to bring back is to to meet with the staff more globally and talk vision. Here's where we're at. Here's where we're going. Here's why we're going there. Here's where this campus is at. Here's where this campus is at. Here's what I'm excited about and, and that kind of thing. And then to also have um, prayer once a month at a different campus that all the, 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 the staff goes towards to get us in that place of we have consensus, we have unity uh, through trust where people know I care and we care about them. But through communication, uh, we're all on the same page and we know globally what we're contending for and why it matters. And when you tap into that corporate anointing, it releases something powerful. It releases something that comes corporately that can never be had individually. And and to uh, strive for that and to contend uh, for corporate anointing within the heart of our our organization. Yeah, I think that's so good. Um, How are you building trust? Because I feel like with a lot of young people, I find juries out, right? They're, they're going to test the waters. They're going to, um, you know, wait and see if you really mean business. So what are ways that you like build trust? Yes. You know, well, I, I've seen like now, like, I think we have 83 people on payroll. Uh, right now. Which is crazy. Yeah. When so I like, started, it was like 31. Yeah. When I started, it was three. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so Gross. Like, when we first started, it was like, we're eating together as a team all the time. We're in the trenches together. I'm working right there beside them. We see each other every day. They see me every day. Um, you know, we're every team member's birthday you're celebrating because you only have four a year, you know, that kind of thing. So it's a big deal. We're all going to lunch together and it feels very family and it feels very close. Mm -hmm. And I saw, we saw a lot in those times because we had consensus when you have, I'm telling you, when you have one heart, like no strife, you have one mind, we all know what we want and we have one voice. We're all praying in that direction. It's easy. Um, Like miracles happen in that spot of unity. Um, But as it's grown, it's gotten a lot harder. Uh, Staff does not know me. I don't know staff. Um, You know, I don't know their, what they're going. I don't know their birthdays. Mm -hmm. I I don't know that. And so May 18th. (laughs) May 18th. Got it. So, but so what I'm trying to do is to really dive into that with my campus Mm -hmm. pastors of like for my campus pastors and then a couple other staff that I work very closely with that out of that, we are formulating that as a team and that they are taking that to their teams Uh, that I'm, I'm building that with them. And then they're building that there. And my prayer is, is for the young people who are on the teams or the next generation who's on the teams of the campus pastors that because they see their campus pastor, trust me, they trust me too. Mm Because they see the way the campus pastor can honor me, not honor that I demand, but it's like, no, they really do honor him. Uh, they know him and they, they still honor him. That, that out of that, that that will lead to their honor and be like, okay, I'll get in board with that. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, unity is not um, not having disagreement. Yes. Wait, say it again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, unity is not having disagreement. You can't have submission until there is disagreement. Right. A submission means we don't agree, mm-hmm. but I choose to retire from my belief and will and to yield to yours because I honor you and because I believe in who you are and then what you're, you're doing. And so to get that, you have to have trust. 
And um, it's not everybody is just going to agree. It is we have disagreement, but I will submit because I do honor you. But honor comes through care and, and that care produces trust and that trust will produce unity and that unity produces power. Yeah, I love that point also because I'm, I'm, I'm a disagreer. I don't know if you've noticed that about me <laughs> over the years. That's um, just, just a little, a little bit of pushback. Yeah, I've only cried I love, I love, 52 times. No, I'm that's kidding. That's fine, right? <laughs> Once a week, that's healthy. That's Tears right. are good for you. That's right. They water yes. the ground that's well. that we're building. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But I know it's, it's very liberating to be in a place where you can disagree and you can give pushback in, in safety. Yes. I remember we were in a meeting once. <laughs> It's one of my favorite stories ever. And we were in a meeting once and I don't remember what it was. And you you were saying, I think something about attendance or something like that. And I was like, oh, I thought it was kind of good that, you know, it went in this direction. And then you were like, no, and you went this way. And then you could just feel the tension in the room. And everybody was like staring at me like, Hillary, why did you say anything? And I was like, I said I didn't. I thought it was kind of cool that it worked this way. And at the very end, you go, but I love that you said that. Keep doing it. And I was like, I love it here. I'm going to make it. Because it is healthy, yes. you know, yes. to share those perspectives and, yes. and see other sides. And yes. it does, it that built trust for me because I knew that I could be myself. Yes. Right. Because I wasn't trying to be dishonoring. I wasn't trying to be like that's right. rebellious. Well, and that's that's the heart of building consensus through communication. It's not monologue. Communication is dialogue. Yeah. It's it's hearing and listening, uh, or it's talking and and listening. Um, so out of that, like you have to have that. You, your team has to be able to speak to you. You have to be able to talk to your team to get in consensus. Because co- a lot of times we're expecting like unity around vision of like listen to me and just agree. Yeah. Instead of like coming back and being like, what do you see? And like when they when you see what they see, even if it's different than the vision that you have, if you can talk to them about that mm-hmm. and kind of challenge that in a healthy way to let them at least know that you value their their opinion and you value their their what they're seeing, even if you don't agree with it, it helps build consensus because even if you don't see it the way that they do, they know that you care and that care does produce trust. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So I'm working on that in my, my own life. I want to build more unity, more consensus through communication and trust. I, I want to come, want to have more meetings where I'm talking about what I'm seeing and just casting vision. And then I, I genuinely do want to pour in more care, more care for my campus pastors, more care for my direct team, where that trust is facilitated. And then it models to them what I want them model to their team. And it models for them what I want them to bring to their staffs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so number four, the thing I'm working on my leadership right now, and this is completely counterculture to what I used to do, especially four and five, um, is genuinely and truly staff my weaknesses instead of working on them. Mm-hmm. Staff mm-hmm. my weaknesses instead of working on them. Um, I'm, I've been studying a lot on leadership of like strength training. Um, and working within the context of your strengths and knowing that every single one of us have strengths. And then we also have things that we're not good at. Um, I'm going through right now a round of like big testing uh, for me and then some of my other staff that I work closely with uh, to see exactly what their strengths are. But I've noticed, and I, I'm pretty sure the testing and the coaching that I'm, I'm, I'm about to walk through will show me what I already know, mm-hmm. is that I've hired people who complement my weaknesses. 
And I feel so much better working on my in my strengths than I do working in areas that frustrate me and having people around me who can just dominate those areas. And before I would I would go through for the first 20 years of my leadership, I would see my weaknesses. I'm like, I've got to work on my weaknesses. And I, I would often lead that way, even with staff who were under me. It's like, just do it. It's right there. But I saw like, I'm trying to make them something that they're not. And to, to make um, a, a lion be a flamingo or a flamingo be a lion, it's not going to work. Yeah. And they're just made completely different by God and do two separate things within the animal kingdom. Find out what they do and put them in their strength zone. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I want to be working within the context of my strengths and not working in the context of my weaknesses. And to hire based off my weaknesses and, of course, the leading of God's spirit, but not just hire based off of even need. Mm-hmm. Like what, not need within the organization, need around my weaknesses. Yes. Um, because the greatest thing that I can do for Word of Life Church is work in the context of my strengths and find people who can work in the context of theirs. Yes. And so like really being mindful, like the first rule, know yourself, really being mindful of like, I am not good at this. <laughs> when I get around that, it irritates my imagination. It does not irrigate Irritated. it. Yes. It irritates it. When you put me in that role, I walk away thinking, I did not enjoy any of that. Get me out now. That happened a lot, you know, in past. And it's like, okay, I'll just manage it, you know, and and do it. And you hear that all the time of like, well, that's just part of every job or like that kind of thing. But I I think if we can put ourselves and our teammates in positions of strengths and be like, be that. Yes. and, and, And work on that within the context of the organization. It irrigates their imagination. They get more excited about the, the vision in the future. It, it frees them up to, to really kind of flow towards those things. And I just, I'm blessed. Like I'm enjoying yeah. this season of life more than at any other time. Cause I really do feel like I have staff. I've always had good staff. I feel like I have staff that complements my weaknesses mm-hmm. and frees me up to operate more in my strengths, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so I'm just trying to, I'm deep diving into that. <laughs> I'm going to test everybody and find out what your strengths, what your weaknesses and um, let staff for these things. No, I, when I first came on staff, this was in 2017, 2018. And I, I took personality tests and all of that. And I remember in my interview, I was asked any type of work that you don't enjoy doing. I was like, yeah, admin work, hate it. I can do it. Absolutely hate it. It's just annoying to me. It's menial. It does not give me life. Yes. And they're like, okay, so here's the offer. We would love for you to do social media and receptionist. And I was like, are you mad? I was like, are you sure? Is what I said. And they're like, yeah, it'll be fine. Like yes. it's easy. Like you got it. I was like, okay. Three months in, I think I was moved. Yes. Four months in, yes. tops. But see, that's how we used to think of like, let me just find a good person and let me make them fit a need. And like, we, that's how we often perceive things. It's like, oh, those are easy tasks. But an easy task may also be a draining task. Mm-hmm. And, and if I'm drained, it's taking away the emotional energy I need to really shine in the area that's honestly going to be best yeah. for the organization. 
And so not just having good people filling in spots, but like really identifying what is the need Mm -hmm. and then finding people who meet that need. Right. And it's Um, scripture, you know, like we, we are the body and the eye cannot be the foot. The foot can't be the hand. The hand can't be the heart. And if we like embrace that principle, I mean, isn't it crazy? If we would just like do what the Lord said, it would just, it would work out. Yes. (laughs) For real though. Literally, it makes a big difference. Well, and now we have all of that. And, you know, like, like you said, we've always done personality, um, you know, training and, and our evaluation when people are coming in, disc tests, you know, those types of things. But what I'm genuinely trying to craft now is around me, what strengths do I need? Um, and, and out of that really hiring for those strengths. And like I said, if the Lord tells you to do something, of course, listen to the Lord with those kinds of things. But like genuinely what I found is like, when I do that, it works really well. Like I work really well with these kinds of people. These other really frustrate me. not work well with them. I need them in small quantities, Uh, you know, and and a lot of times it's like, that's because their strengths match with mine. Right. And so out of that, there's just, there's a lot out there now with, with strength finders and Patrick Lencioni has a lot of teachings on these kinds of things now. Um, But I I would genuinely say I'm working more within my strengths and getting my staff to, to try to operate in theirs as well. Side story, total side story about the disc. Also in that interview, I did my disc test and it's, you know, they're the four letters and you, you have a percentage yes. of each of them. I'm super, super high I, which uh-huh. means I'm like yes. golden retriever, outgoing, yes. life at the party. And I'm very high D, which is like domineering, strong headed, strong willed, if you couldn't tell. So uh, Ryan, he was like, hmm, I was like, what, what are you seeing? And he was like, you know, like rules, do you? And I was like, no. And he was like, are you going to break them? I was like, probably. I said, but you're going to like me. Yes. And he let out the biggest laugh ever. And I was like, it's working. You see? Just it's to, true. Just to be honest. And I thought that was hilarious. My yes. favorite story. <laughs> so that, that's been one of the big things that I'm working on is working in the context of my strengths and putting a team around me who can work in the context of theirs. Uh, so, and the last thing, number five is I'm, I'm working in this season of giving leadership away and building a true team. Mm-hmm. I, I heard John Maxwell say something that in the, the 80s and early 90s, it was all about management of, okay, we, we know where we want to go. What's the systems mm-hmm. we need to get there? And so there were a lot of books written about management. Then in the 90s and 2000s, it turned into to leadership. Of shifting from management over to leadership. Okay, a manager can kind of, you know, create the rules and the structure, but a leader can get people to follow them. And a a leader motivates people to kind of take those things some places and Mm -hmm. that type of thing. So there's rise in leadership. And he said, now though, it's changing over into team. Mm -hmm. And I I genuinely saw in my life of like in, in the book, Good to Great, he talks about, a genius with a thousand helpers. And so you've got one leader at the top who has all this vision, has all this drive, has all these things. And then he or she is communicating that. And all of these people are just helping them with that. And what I'm trying to transform now in in my uh, life is just having more leaders around me. Because when you have that type of model of like helpers around you versus leaders around you, it's wearing on you more than you know. 
And a, a leader is somebody who can see the need before you have to show it to them. And they're seeing it and they're making improvement and they're creating a path forward. And, it, you know, they're, they're solving problems before, you know, you even have to tell them it's a problem. But so many of us as leaders feel threatened by that. So many of us as leaders are afraid that those people may outshine Shine us yeah. or, you know, those types of things. And it's because, honestly, they've quit growing. And mm -hmm. so they broke rule number two. Uh, you know, that, that kind of on, <laughs> so that they've got young Some leaders. Some rules are fine. Yeah, they've got, they've got young leaders who are mimicking the rise and they're at a plateau. Mm -hmm. And so out of that, they see it and they're threatened by it because it's, they are, they're, yeah. they're still growing and you've stopped. And so, but all those types of things like happen within the context of an organization. But when I looked at how Jesus did it, he constantly was mindful of raising up leaders, mm -hmm. but this was not just about his ministry. It was about the kingdom of God and yeah. knowing that the biggest thing that the kingdom of God could do would be to produce laborers. And you've heard me say this all the time, that if you want a worker, give them work. But if you, if you want a leader, you've got to give them leadership. If you want a ministry, you've got to give them ministry. Mm -hmm. You can't be the only one teaching and preaching if you want a ministry. You've got to give ministry away. You can't be the only one laying hands on people if you want a ministry. You've got to give ministry away. And if you want a leader, you've got to give leadership away. And so that means of like, okay, tell us where you're going to take this and how. Because a big part of leadership is genuinely strategic thinking. And so many people don't want to give that away. Um, they don't want to give that that right of like, okay, how are we going to get there? They want to sit down with everyone and, and give them the destination and then give them the playbook. Um, and and then out of that, like work over them to make sure, well, did you execute it? Did you do A, B, and C? You know, that Gosh, type I'm of thing. I'm sweating. Uh, Just thinking about that, like micromanaging. <laughs> yes. But like when you give opportunity away, you're giving people the, the right to begin um, creating that of here's where we're going and here's how we're going to get there. And, and so like for me, I believe that as the leader of Word of Life, I've got to give vision towards the organization um, and, and that kind of thing. But if I'm going to give leadership away, I've got to let my team help speak into the creation of that vision. And then I've got to, to let my team also begin showing me how. Okay, well, what do you see? How are we going to get there? And then letting them, um, you know, try. Mm -hmm. I can remember like one of the first moments where uh, you were a campus pastor and you came in and we were sitting around the table that way. And we had um, members of the, the lead team there with us. And um, you submitted this plan of like what you were going to do and that kind of thing. And like, here's the budget for it, all those types of things. And they were speaking, you know, like, oh, I don't know that kind of thing. And I'm like, no, like, let's do it. And like you left and they're like, do you think it's going to work? I'm like, no, no, no chance. <laughs> but I was like, we're going to do it. And they're like, well, why are you letting her do it? I'm like, it's an education yeah. because you can, you can only learn soccer um, or you can read all the books on soccer you want, but the way you get better as you kick a ball. And so many times with leadership, it's like, listen to the podcast, read, you know how you're going to get good at leadership. You're going to lead something. A lot of times it's going to fail, but that's how you learn. And we can't expect perfection within our leaders. You've got to give them the opportunity to figure it out. And sometimes it may backfire, uh, but an organization is very resilient. It's more resilient than we could ever possibly believe because right. if it be of God, no man can stop it. And so out of that, putting people in a place where it's like, no, like pray, get a strategy, 
execute it, build your team, go for it. And I've, I've taken so much joy in kind of seeing that fleshed out. And, and also it's alleviated a lot of the pressure um, that I faced in, in my heart because to strategically think um, takes, takes a lot out of you. When you're developing all the plans of like, okay, here we're, we're here and here's where we're going to go. And to be able to see and craft a plan to get there that will actually work and then monitor it on if we're getting there, it takes a lot out of you. It does. Uh, but to share that among people and to share that among uh, teams has been so life-giving. And one, it's giving me a lot more life to encourage and lead and coach. But it's it's also I've seen raised up leaders. And one of my favorite things that I've seen in, in our organization is the development of of you, of, of Chase, of, of Pastor Rob, of John, of, of Luke. Like I, I genuinely see where y'all are at now is, is a higher place than where you were even a year ago. And somebody would say, well, why? And it's like, because of leader. No, it's because of opportunity. Yeah. And, and like, I don't consider myself an amazing leader or teacher. I, I, I give away opportunity though. And I think what, what Jesus did with his disciples is he's like, go out, mm-hmm. just go out. And they're like, what do we do? He's like, tell them the kingdom of God has come nigh and lay hands on people. And they're like, oh, okay. He's like, wait, before you go, let me take away your, your, your money. Let me take away, you know, let me make it a little harder for you. And, and out of that, go and then come back and report to me. And through that opportunity, they, they grew. And through that opportunity, they asked questions. And through that, opp- you can't teach anybody who doesn't ha- have questions. Yeah. And so, and you know how you get questions? Fail. Failing forward. That's what it's yeah. about. <laughs> and so you fail, you get a question, then you can have a teaching. But so many leaders are just overloading their people with teaching without any opportunity or failure. Yeah. And it's like when you get failure, you get a hungry student. And when yeah. you get a hungry student, you can teach a good lesson. Yeah. So I'm trying to do more of that. And I think it's it's also important to note that failure doesn't mean decline. Failure yes. doesn't necessarily mean like decrease. Like I, you know, we've mentioned this before. I'm, I'm a big idea gal. I can throw out 10,000 ideas and I will want to run with all of them. And obviously if, it, if I have an idea that's going to hurt or harm something, you'd be like, Hillary, absolutely not. Whatever you do, do not do that. But just the opportunity to test things out and learn with my hands and learn as I go um, brought me forward, which in turn will bring the campus forward. Yes. Right. It didn't hurt. Like Fonda didn't die <laughs> because of my lofty ideas, you know? It- no. And, and, and like you said, it's healthier and, and you're healthier. Uh, and, you know, I could say that for all of our campuses and for all of those things. Of, and, and I, I didn't write. We did a conference here recently called Ignite Life where a lot of pastors came in and other churches and things. And they all told me the same thing, that they were very impressed with our team. Mm -hmm. And like, how do you get that kind of quality people? And like out of that, of course, I want a culture that um, attract quality people. I want a culture that trains up people where they can be quality people. But I want a culture where quality people know I can do my job here. Mm -hmm. And I can live, I can live a life here and I can speak into things and I can, you know, take things forward. I can have ideas and I can bring things to the table. And sometimes that is scary. Uh, and sometimes it is, so, you know, one of those things where as a leader, I'm like, 
you know, that kind of thing. But it's so worthwhile uh, when it happens and it's it's a joy. So I'm working on doing that more and more of like just giving more opportunity away um, and then rewarding people for it. And that's kind of the last thing, too, is like setting up rewards for people when they take advantage of those opportunities and letting them craft those things accordingly. So. Yeah, we yeah. love rewards. That's right. Confetti cannons. Confetti cannons. That's right. Yeah, little, <laughs> little poppers. I'm going to start carrying them around. Just yeah. a little sachet of, okay. like, of confetti that I'll just throw, throw at appropriate times. I like it. Sachet, sachet is an underused word. You know, it's that reading habit that we yes. mentioned. Ah, builds the vocabulary. vocabulary. It really does. We love a second semester word. I like it. I like it. <laughs> we do. No, it's good. <laughs> All right. So those are five things uh, that I'm working on on leadership right now. Um, And I encourage everybody, you don't have to listen to any of it, but work on your leadership, like genuinely in every season of life, find what does my leadership need right now? And somebody says, well, I'm not a leader. Yes, you are. If you're leading nothing else, you're leading yourself. And we all ought to be better leaders. All right. We'll see you next time.